Friends, what follows is not for the faint of heart. We bring you tales of the paranormal, human wickedness, the curious, and the bizarre. Please, if you continue, proceed with caution and an open mind. We are the Queen City Creeps. Hello and welcome to Queen City Creeps, your new favorite podcast for all things true crime, paranormal, and just a little bit weird. We are picking up this week where we left off last week about the Warrens. If you have not listened to the part where we talk about the, sh- what was it, Shelby? Shiesty motherfuckers. Thank you. That the Warrens were, take a minute, go back roughly, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes, and listen to kind of their backstory because it might kind of shade everything that you hear here this evening. Here, here. Two separate here's. Here, here. Here, here. Here, here. <laughs> so, like I said, go back and listen to that and come back when you're done. Okay, so, after you've done that. You hear all of the times that we mention the Warren movies, The Conjuring, Amityville Horror, Conjuring 2. Haunting in Connecticut. Haunting in Connecticut. That was really weird. Say that again. Haunting can you say Connecticut? Connecticut? I don't know that I can. Connecticut. Connecticut. <laughs> Haunting in Connecticut. Yes. Annabelle. The other Annabelle. I don't fucking know. All the movies. So my question to you guys this evening is one. What is the first scary movie that you remember seeing? And two, what is your favorite scary movie? Well, if I'm thinking back to my my early childhood memories, the first one I ever remember seeing was uh, one of the Jason movies. Mm-hmm. One of the Friday the 13th movies. I couldn't tell you which one because they're literally all the same fucking movie. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. But there was a guy in a hockey mask with a machete and some teenagers that were fucking each other, and then he killed all of them. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it's every Jason movie. Was that yeah. the third one? <laughs> was there was a lake? The was there a lake involved? Oh, hold on. Yeah, there was a lake. Then there is definitely it's all of them. It's yeah, fine. I, I yeah. saw that lake several times. I can guarantee that's the <laughs> one I'm talking about. And then, as far as a favorite scary movie, that's near impossible for me. You've been in my house. It's that's a, it's yeah. coded in this shit. But I'm a huge fan of classic horror. I I can enjoy the gore. Gore is great, whatever. But I love the storylines back then and just the general cheese associated with it that wasn't... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 1980s cheese was rancid cheese, in my <laughs> in my opinion. So it, it really falls between probably two to me, uh, one of which is Carnival of Souls, the other of which was The Last Man on Earth uh, with my man crush Vincent Price in it. Vincent Price is the bomb. Go. Right. And obviously Last Man on Earth was a good movie because it was Mm -hmm. the basis of I Am Legend. So obviously they decided to bring it back around Hmm. because it was a goddamn good movie. The book is better than the movie, though. The the book is also really good. Yeah. But. It's a little bit of a different twist. Right. No spoilers. Go read the fucking book. Also, yes. J-Bo? I think the first scary movie that I remember seeing, then again, I don't, you know I have a bad memory. So (laughs) this is already a bad question. But. I remember my brother, he had, like, a few of his friends over, and he's two years older than me. Mm-hmm. And I think he was around 10. I could totally be wrong about that. But then, <laughs> so I would be, like, around 8. Yeah. Then again, we're going to look this up, and it's the movie's not, it hasn't even it's been like out. It's the time you said, the first movie I ever saw was Titanic, and it was in that theater. We were like, you were five. You did not yeah, see Titanic in the theater. It wasn't. <laughs> anyway. But it was one of the Chucky movies, and I don't Uh remember which one, if it was, like, The Bride of Chucky or one of the other ones, but it freaked me out, and I cannot, I cannot watch 
any doll possession movie. I, feel like, I can't. I feel like Bride of Chucky was pretty late, wasn't it? That was like in the late I was like, 90s, early 2000s. I would say early 2000s because I'm pretty sure I was in middle school. So right. Jennifer was like five. <laughs> okay, well, fair. I forget the word. We're like way older than Jennifer. Yeah, I watched one of the yeah. first Chucky movies too whenever I was like six. Yeah. So I, I have trouble referencing when those came out, but I yeah. know that The Bride of Chucky came out whenever I was like 11, probably 11 or 12. That would have been like mm-hmm. 01, 02, somewhere in there. But, I, but we rented it at home, so I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming it was a new-ish movie Was it on VHS? I don't remember. Then you watched it I just remember it, it was on. Then you watched it wrong. Yeah, I don't know. But probably my favorites have been, I've always liked the paranormal movies, Mm-hmm. So, like, the Paranormal Activity movies, I really like those. There are certain ones that I like more than others of the series, because I think there's, like, four or five now, maybe even more. But I think it's either three or four that I really like, because there's a lot of shit that happens. Mm-hmm. That's and good. I like that. <laughs> I like when all the shit happens. Well, the first one's, like, the the chick goes crazy and starts murdering people, which is good, whatever. Good. But I like, there's, like, a third or fourth one. I don't know. That all the shit happens in Shelby. All the shit happens, man. (laughs) But also, I mean, I do like the Conjuring movies. I think I like the second one honestly better because there's a possession. Mm Mm-hmm. And not just, like, a mom going crazy. Yeah. I guess that's kind of possession, but it was, like, the second one is more of a real possession. Yeah. Yeah. Or ish. So, the first horror movies I remember watching, we're going to flash back to a couple weeks ago when I talked about... A very handsome boy named Ace, my friend Allison's older brother. I don't know if you remember him. He right. let us watch scary movies with him when we were like in first and second grade. Okay. Gotcha. I'm um, pretty sure we watched Tremors and like Freddy Krueger. Those are the two that I remember. There was just like a lot of blood and it was pretty great. So those are those are up there as far as the first ones. Is I ever Tremors watched. the one with Kevin Bacon? Yes. Absolutely it is. Okay. Yes. That's actually a really good place to start on horror movies too because it's not. It's horror. Yes. Yeah. But it's not. Have you ever seen Eight-Legged Freaks? Yes. It's kinda, of course it, I've it's seen like, Eight-Legged Freaks. It's kind of like that plus Kevin Bacon. It's a pretty easy easy movie to watch. That movie is a delight. Like, looking back now, I'm like, why was I so scared to walk on the ground? <laughs> <laughs> I was absolutely terrified. Nope, just going to take the Suffer Crasher where yep, I go from here totally on totally fine. Um, so, yeah, and, like, I think Reba's in that, and she and her husband in that movie just, like, are held up with those guns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, like, shooting everything. It's so it, – that movie cracks me up. But as far as my favorite scary movies go, horror movies go, um, my family's really big on the original Halloween movie. Hmm. Like, my mom and my sisters and I, I remember multiple times just sitting there and watching it. And it's actually one of the first movies that it kind of has that, like, perspective from the killer. Mm-hmm. Like, and that that is super interesting to me. It's super creepy, and I we've watched that regularly. It's kind of like a family thing, which is probably why my family's a little weird. It's a cool-ass family, man. I know. But also, the first Conjuring movie is one of my first favorites ever. I mean, I've watched it so many times. Like, I actually sat down and, once we started talking about the Warrens, have watched it twice. Um, Once with my two-year-old, she was not scared at all and has not had bad dreams, so... Not yet. I'm not warping her at all. Fuck you guys. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Yes. But the second one's okay. I feel like it's getting a little more, like, convoluted maybe. And, like, Mm -hmm. as a mom, I think I identify with the mom in that a little bit more. But I haven't watched Annabelle. 
I haven't watched Annabelle Creation. I was like, but the the characters of Ed and Lorraine in those movies are super appealing to me. So, which we talked about a little bit in the episode before this. Right. All right. All right. Cool. All cool. Right. Cool. Cool. Guys, <laughs> speaking of the the Warren movies, yeah. Physically, that creepy, gross, forced smile and makeup that made like the Annabelle super terrifying in those movies because she appears in both the first and the second movie right she for sure does in the first one of Annabelle and of Annabelle the Conjuring. Conjuring movies yes yes of the Conjuring Correct. movies okay so that actually could not be any more different than the actual Annabelle doll that's currently at the Warren Museum but they couldn't get the rights to use a Raggedy Ann doll and oh. that's what it was. Okay. Just a vintage Raggedy Ann doll, which is almost more creeping to me. I yeah, because I know where a bunch of those are right now. Like, yeah. Do you have them upstairs? No, God, no. Not in this house. Okay, good. Most, mostly at, like, houses of friends and family and my grandmother. Yeah, I mean, I had one, Raggedy Ann, Raggedy Andy. Like, everybody has one. And that, that you guys, is what the actual Annabelle doll is. So. Maybe hmm. she was upset because Andy had left her. Maybe. Honestly, I, I didn't know there was a Raggedy Andy. Then yeah. again, I never had a Raggedy Ann They doll. look exactly the same, except he wears pants. All right. There you go. Cool. Okay, so in 1970, Annabelle had been a birthday present slash graduation present for a woman named Donna. She was becoming a nurse, and her mom gave it to her. I think it's a little bit weird for a doll to be given as a graduation present, but uh, yeah. whatever. Donna lived with her friend Angie in a tiny apartment, and they had been friends for a while, had been living in this apartment for a while. Nothing weird had ever happened in the apartment up to that point, right? They're college kids. Yes, they're. Yes, they're. I mean, <laughs> supernatural weird shit. No, oh, okay. Okay. I'll accept that then. So Donna placed the doll on her bed as decoration and she just didn't give it a second thought. But within days, both Donna and Angie noticed that there was something a little bit weird about the doll. So the doll seemed to move about the house. At the beginning, it was really small movements at first, just as like. A change in position. Maybe she moved her hand. Like, like, but she saw over. No, no. Like, they oh, okay. leave the room and the doll would have moved, gotcha. which can maybe, happen. Maybe your ass fell asleep. Maybe from sitting all damn day. <laughs> but as time passed, the movement became more and more noticeable, and it would end up that eventually they would come home from school or classes or work or whatever, and the doll would be in a completely different room, and neither one of them had been home with it. Nope. No. Nope. So. Sometimes it all can be found with its legs crossed, its arms folded. Other times it can be found upright, just standing around, which is weird for a Raggedy Ann doll. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so sometimes she would leave it on the couch before leaving for work, and she'd come back, and it'd be in her bedroom, in the bed, under the covers, with the door closed. Maybe Fucking weird. Maybe she forgot that uh, she actually put it on the bed. So Annabelle, as the doll would eventually become known as... Would not only move, but it could write too. So, what? Yep. Okay. Which it, raggedy it, and dolls don't have fingers or thumbs. Ignoring the ridiculous fucking thing you just said. <laughs> so what? You said it became known as Annabelle. I'll get to it. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I just didn't. I assumed yep. it was a name that was given to it when she received it. From I mean, her mom, it's a raggedy so. and doll, so they were just calling it raggedy and. I assume. Also, she's a grown ass woman. You don't name your fucking dolls. That's true. Weird. I mean. I've named literally all the dolls in this house. So you have no dolls in this house. You just okay. Do anyway, you have dolls in nope. this house? We're not going to talk about Are they real porcelain because I fucking hate porcelain dolls. <laughs> they can go burn. 
I have nothing. I'm sorry. Okay, I, good. I just I honestly just want to get your eye up a little bit. Uh, okay. Okay, so about a month into their experiences, Donna and Angie began to find messages on parchment paper that read help us or help Lou. The handwriting was really like scribbly kind of like it was done by a small children or someone without fingers or someone maybe that didn't have fingers <laughs> who the fuck is us i don't know what? let me read the story woman. no i need to react <laughs> okay so the this worst part makes, <laughs> this is what makes this podcast interesting is my commentary and shelby's for that matter that's mostly you yeah so the creepier thing was not that, like, the wording or the weird-ass way without fingers that they were written. It was the fact that, like, they didn't have paper like this in their apartment. So where the fuck did it come from? She went out to the store <laughs> and fucking bought it. The doll possessed someone. They yeah. walked out to the stationery store. No, the doll itself. Nice. With what fucking money? <laughs> They've been stealing money from him, too. Yeah, probably so, it. actually. Fucking dolls. So one night, Donna came home. And there wasn't any parchment laying around, but the doll was laying in her bed and there was something weird that had happened. She inspected the doll and saw that there were blood drops on the back of its hands and all over its chest. So from somewhere, this weird liquidy red substance had appeared. And it was at that point that Donna and Angie were like, fuck this noise. We need to find someone to talk, like help us out. Why haven't they burned it at this point? I don't. I would have. You probably would have. You don't like dolls, though. You I also, don't. you don't want to like burn a present from your mom. Uh, I would. There's also <laughs> yeah. there's also probably some strange like city ordinance in this particular city that says you can't you burn can't. a raggedy handle on the street or whatever. <laughs> they use a trash can. It's well, fine. They're apartment dwellers. It's hard to get away with. It. That's true. Okay, so they contacted a medium. They had a séance, and it was at that point that Donna was introduced to the spirit of Annabelle Higgins. Thus, where the name Annabelle comes from. I know. (laughs) The medium told them that Annabelle was a young girl that had resided on the property way before the apartments were even built, and they were very happy times. She was a young girl of only seven years old when her lifeless body was found in the field upon which the apartment complex now stood. They sound like happy times. (laughs) Oh, yes. So the spirit told the medium that she just she felt happy and safe and comfortable with Donna and Angie, and all she wanted was to stay with them and be loved. Why won't they love her? Why won't they love her, Jennifer? Probably because it's a fucking creepy as shit doll that's writing things. Well, well you're wrong. Also, with wrong. paper I'll, that they don't have. Also, if you're going out, I need parchment paper. <laughs> right. <laughs> you basically have a non-paying roommate now. Congratulations. Yeah. Why couldn't she find normal paper? Why did it have to be parchment paper? I don't know, because uh, parchment paper is expensive. That's what I was right. thinking. Yeah. I mean, dolls do better than me. Right. <laughs> Okay, so feeling compassion for poor sweet Annabelle and her story, Donna gave her permission to inhabit the no. doll and stay with them. Nope. She was already on the no. doll. Why do you need permission? Yep. Also, all this information, as far as this comes from, I don't, there's no record of a Donna. There's no record of an Angie. I don't think there's a record of a Lou. And basically, this information is all pulled off of the Warrens website. And if you find it anywhere on the internet, it's word for word pulled from the Warrens website. Hmm. FYI. So this is all fiction, probably. I mean, so, let's be real. So they bought a doll at a flea market and sold a bunch of books. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. $169 will get you a ticket to the Warrens Occult Museum and a picture with Annabelle and three other artifacts of your choice. Stop advertising for them, please. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, I want that money. Shiesty motherfuckers. Okay. <laughs> So, Lou, a guy named Lou, help Lou, was actually friends with Donna and Angie and had been 
like hanging around chilling since the day the doll first arrived and he did not like old annabelle higgins he thought she was creepy as fuck i feel like he was probably banging angie Okay. But they refer to him as their friend. Sure. The, the, so. way, the way you say it, it sounds like he's some jobless piece of shit sleeping on their couch <laughs> and moving this doll around the apartment for a living, basically. I mean, wasn't he? I don't know. Was I he? don't know. Okay. So Lou had never been on the fond of the doll and on several occasions had warned Donna that it seemed evil and he, she needed to get rid of it, which feels like really strong feelings toward a doll, but whatever. But at this point, Donna had been, you know, tied to the doll. She felt very compassionate. And so she's like, fuck you, Lou. You don't know anything. (laughs) (laughs) My doll, my rules, Lou. You don't even live here, Lou. Valid. What is he doing? Fucking coming in here as some dude just trying to make all the rules in the apartment. (laughs) Fuck this guy. I mean, obviously, yeah, get rid of the doll. (laughs) Of course. Not because you said so. Right. So Lou. Lou woke up one night from a deep sleep and in panic. Where was he sleeping in the apartment? I don't know. The couch? That chick's bed. Perhaps Angie's bed. Uh Uh-huh. But was he because all this shit happens while he's like half asleep and no one says anything about Angie knowing it. He ain't got no job. (laughs) He sleep whenever. So. (laughs) (laughs) This said one night. I assume it was nighttime. But they're nurses. Maybe he's a house by himself. Right. Lou has a key. Lazy fuck. Okay. (laughs) Once again, Lou had had a reoccurring bad dream. Only this time, something seemed a little different. It was as though he was awake but couldn't move. He looked around the room but couldn't figure out that anything was really out of the ordinary. And then it happened. Looking down toward his feet on the bed, he said the doll, or he saw the doll, Annabelle. It began to slowly glide up his leg. Glide implies, Glide? like, sexy to me. Yes. <laughs> I don't really like that phrase. Into it. <laughs> <laughs> Moved across his chest and then stopped. Again, kind of sexy. Within seconds, the doll was strangling him. Paralyzed and gasping for breath, Lou, at the point of asphyxiation, blacked out. Okay, Sarah, stop. I can't second. get any more erect, please. <laughs> This is pulled directly from the Warrens website, by the way. Wait, wait, wait. But wait a second. So, so I'm going to display to you what happened. No, 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 she no, came no, 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 no. I have questions. <laughs> she came up his leg. Yeah. Like so. Uh-huh. And then I guess across his chest, like so. <laughs> like straddling his chest. Cool. And then, uh, like, wrapped her little doll legs around his neck and choked him out. So here's my question. I really know. My question is. It's a doll made of, like, cotton, probably, right? Right, but you so, can strangle somebody with, like, a sock. The fabric of lives, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, it's not, like, how would cotton, like, get... I don't understand how that could choke you. I mean, you choke people with, really, you can do anything. Like, but how would she have enough got... force to do that? Well, Demons. She's, Demons. She's a demon? Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, so the dog, the doll choked him out. And he blacked out. And when he woke up the next morning, he was certain it wasn't a dream, but he was still alive. So the doll didn't do a very good job, I guess, because he wasn't dead. He was probably on drugs. Let's be Maybe. real. He so, doesn't have a job. He ain't got he no job. job. <laughs> so he How was certain. you get fired on your day off, Lou? <laughs> <laughs> he was certain it wasn't a dream, and he was determined to rid himself of that doll and the spirit that possessed it. Okay. Okay. So later, a couple days later, he and Angie were reading over maps alone in her apartment. Reading over maps? Maps, reading over maps. Alone in the apartment, preparing for a road trip the next day. Oh, okay. Let me finish my sentence. (laughs) 
just something really weird foreplay for a second there. <laughs> it's a metaphor. That's what they love to do. They're traversing the crunchy side of their bodies. He doesn't have a fucking job. <laughs> He's going on a road trip. Angie's a no. nurse. She's paying for it. What do you want? God. Anyway, we don't know that he doesn't have a job. You guys are making assumptions. <laughs> I'm so, just trying to add to what's on the internet. They're, so not <laughs> they're reading over maps, and the apartment seemed eerily quiet. Suddenly, rustling sounds coming from Donna's room aroused fear that someone had possibly broken into the apartment. So Lou, being the solid dude who doesn't have a job, that he was, <laughs> decided that he was going to figure out who or what was in there. And so he snuck towards the bedroom door. Now, dear Lou, you hate this fucking doll. It's yeah. already tried to choke you out and succeeded <laughs> one time. Why are you surprised that there's noises coming from Donna's apartment or it's Donna's valid. bedroom where the doll is? Yeah. I don't know. Is that not where they left the doll? I Who knows? So he waited for the noises to stop before entering, and then he flipped on the light. And the room was completely empty, except Annabelle, who was tossed on the floor in the corner. Interesting. So I guess she was up party rocking. And yeah. like, you know in Toy Story, when they're up and like walking around, and then when somebody walks in the room, they just fall? Just flop, uh, yeah. That's, yeah, what, yeah. This ha- that's what happened, exactly. I'm imagining that. Uh-huh. Yeah. So Lou scoured the room for forced entry, but nothing seemed to be out of place. No windows were broken, nothing. But as he got close to Annabelle, he got this feeling that somebody was behind him. He spun around and no one was there, but then he felt himself, like, grabbing at his chest and doubled over, and his shirt was stained with blood. Yeah, stained with blood. Whose blood? His blood. Yes. (laughs) You seem pretty confident in that. (laughs) The shirt was stained in blood, and upon opening the shirt on his chest, there were seven distinct claw marks, three vertical and four horizontal and they all were actually physically hot to the touch. She's made of cotton. Like we've, we've <laughs> like, said, should she have claws now? God damn it, this is my interview shirt. <laughs> <laughs> They're metaphorical claws? I don't know. Okay. That leave marks. So what's even creepier is that the scratches healed almost, almost immediately. Like within two days, they were gone. Because he's on drugs. This didn't happen. I'm just telling you what I was told by the Warren's website. Right. Where, for the low, low price of $169, (laughs) you can go tour their house. Their house? Their museum, I think. Their museum, which I don't think is in their basement anymore, but it used to be. Oh, yeah, it did. That was in the movies. Yep. Okay, so at this point, like, looking at... Poor, poor Lou's bloodstained shirt. Donna was like, well, fuck. I don't think this spirit is actually that of a young girl. Like, I think that there's something else afoot. Which really, being around young girls my whole life, they do scratch. So, <laughs> Donna. Not, not with seven claws, though. Yeah, that's I'm true. Aware of. I don't know. They decided to contact an Episcopal priest named Father Hagen, who felt that it was a spiritual matter and he needed to contact a higher authority that, in the church. So he contacted Father Cook who then immediately contacted the Warrens. Because it goes, priest, priest, Warrens. Obviously. Interesting. I'm just telling you what happened. According to the Warren website. Right. (laughs) So, Ed and Lorraine immediately took interest in the case, because why the fuck not? It's a creepy doll. Yeah. And uh, talked to Donna and Angie and Lou, and they came to the conclusion that the doll itself was not actually possessed, but manipulated by an inhuman presence. So, again, 
what we were talking about before, it's never the spirit of a person. It's always a fucking demon. Right. The spirit, like the inhuman spirit, had manipulated the doll and created the illusion of it being alive in order to get recognition. And truly, the spirit was not looking to stay attached to the doll, but looking to possess a a human host. Oh. Which kind of makes sense. I mean, like you said, how the fuck does a doll with little cotton legs, like, compress a dude's throat or scratch him? Wait, was it her legs or her arms? (laughs) In my head, she's, like, grappling. it's sexy. (laughs) Right. It's like one of those crazy, like, wrestling choke holds where they end up flipping (laughs) over upside down. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so at the conclusion of the investigation, the Warrens felt it appropriate to have a recitation of an exorcism blessing by Father Cook in order to cleanse this actual apartment. The Episcopal Blessing of the Home is a wordy seven-page document that's distinctly positive in its nature. So, rather than specifically expelling evil entities from the dwelling, the emphasis is instead directed on filling the home with the power of the positive love of God, is what Warren Ed Warren says okay. when explaining it on their website hmm so there you go that's cool (laughs) right (laughs) so (laughs) at donna's request as a further precaution against it ever occurring in their home again the warrens took the big ragdoll along with them when they left which doesn't really make sense because the spirit wasn't actually attached to the ragdoll it was using the doll to get attention so they're looking for a cash cow i think yeah okay So, Father Cook was very uncomfortable with his role as an exorcist, but he still agreed to do it because Dad was like, you can do it, bro, I believe in you. And (laughs) after the exorcism, he was like, meh, I don't really know, but the Warrens were like, no, it's totally fine. The entity no longer resides in this apartment, and they took the ragdoll home with them. And upon leaving, Ed actually placed the doll in the back seat and agreed he would not take the interstate in the event the inhuman spirit still resided with the doll. So according to the Warren website, his suspicions were all correct. And in no time, the Warrens felt themselves the object of a vicious hatred. Why didn't they just lock that shit up? Hold on. <laughs> well, it was like put in the back in a seatbelt. I don't fucking know. Again, the demon the isn't in the doll. Like right. everything that they've said, the demon is not in the doll. But he had suspicions. Who knows? Right. Be safe. Oh, yes, because Ed driving. knows. You know, I buy a case Ed of knows. beer. I, like, put it in the backseat with the seatbelt on, too, because I care about it. But, like, <laughs> really? it, it can only do damage if I let it. That's true. Yeah. So, supposedly, at each dangerous curve, because, obviously, a curvy, windy, twisty road is safer than the interstate. Yeah. Guaranteed. The car would swerve and stall, and it would make the power steering and the brakes fail. Is that how cars work? Like if the if the engine stalls, then yes, okay. it would it would affect both of those things. Repeatedly, the car verged on collision again from the Warren website. With what? Other cars? Other cars? I don't fucking know. What other cars? They're on a windy road in the back roads of Pennsylvania, oh, so, Connecticut, or whatever. True. While driving, Ed reached into the back seat into his black bag and took out a vial of holy water and doused the doll, making the sign of the cross over it. And then the disturbances stopped immediately, and the Warrens arrived safely at home. Of course. Did, I, he, did he pull over to do that? Because I get in trouble for texting and driving. I'm just saying. Mm. I don't know. Probably not. Because hmm. he's Ed Warren. He does whatever the fuck he wants. Well, good for him, I guess. <laughs> so, supposedly, after the Warrens arrived home, Ed set the doll in a chair next to his desk, and the doll levitated a number of times. And then it started following, showing up in various rooms in the house... 
And when the Warrens away, they had locked the doll in the outer office. They would find it, like, sitting comfortably back upstairs in Ed's office. So they would lock it out in their outdoor storage area, I guess. And it would show back up in Ed's office when they came home. But still no entity inside of it. No, it's just a Dumb. demon. I don't Right, just just a doll, demon somewhere else. Don't worry about the demon. <laughs> so, but like this fucking doll, very right, mobile. Right. Yes. So, another instance is that Father Jason Bradford, who is a Catholic exorcist that they worked with on numerous occasions, he came to the house, was hanging out, and he saw the doll seated in a chair. He picked it up and he said, "You're just a rag doll, Annabelle. You can't hurt anyone." And then he tossed the doll back in the chair. At which Ed, ex- at which that point, Ed exclaimed, "That's one thing you better not say." So he died. That's a very cavalier attitude to take with a fucking doll. That's I feel true. like one. Like, who? what did the doll ever do to you? Right. Anyway. Like, you look like a woman. I want to smack you around a bit. Yep. Because <laughs> so, it's 1970. An right. hour. So, or whenever. When that priest left an hour later, Lorraine pleaded to him, please be careful drive, driving, and to call her as soon as he arrived home. Lorraine felt that the priest was in great danger because she was a psychic. Yes. Yeah, right. A few hours later, Father Jason called Lorraine and explained that his brakes had failed as he entered a busy intersection. He was involved in a near-fatal accident, destroying his car. So there's that. Hmm. So, there were a couple of other weird instances, and they had a special case built her for her inside of the occult museum. And once she was inside of this case, she no longer really appeared to move around, which I guess, was it blessed? Was it some sort of weird holy shit? I don't fucking know. But... There's one other story that is really interesting, and again, I'm going to point out that there is no record of this anywhere. I have listened to multiple podcasts about the Warrens. I've done research on it. There's no proof that this ever happened except the Warrens saying that this happened, which is pretty shitty to take, like, credit for someone's death, I feel like. Sounds legit, though. And even shittier, like, to make it up if it didn't actually happen. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So... This young man, after hearing Ed's account of the doll, because you can go to their website and purchase tickets to tour the occult museum. I don't know if you guys knew this. Oh, yeah, we do. It's $169 and they take PayPal. You can fucking do what? (laughs) And you can take a picture with Annabelle? And 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 three three other other artifacts of your choice. Crazy. (laughs) That's a fucking deal, man. So, (laughs) So, after hearing Ed's account of what happened with the doll... He went up and he began to bang on the case, insisting that if the doll could put scratches on people like he did to Lou, he wanted to be scratched. Okay. Ed said Dinky. to the young man, son, <laughs> you need to leave, and escorted him out of the building. Which, they didn't want the priest to leave because they felt danger. So, like, are you putting, like, a sheep out for slaughter at this point? Yes. So, on the way home, the young man and his girlfriend were laughing and making fun of that dumb doll when he lost control of his motorcycle and went headfirst into a tree. The young man was killed instantly, but his girlfriend survived and was hospitalized for over a year. And then Whitesnake wrote a song about it. Evidently. (laughs) But again, there's no proof that this ever happened. Except Ed and Lorraine being like, this fucking doll did this to this dude has the girlfriend said anything no you don't you can't find anything no there's nothing out there it's literally hearsay just like everything else about the story right so currently annabelle is still located in ed and lorraine warren's occult museum in monroe connecticut 
Now, tours of the Warren's Occult Museum are limited and are only being given via an intimate event called Warrentology currently. Tickets cost $169 a person. <laughs> and they don't God, take just triple me. fuck you at this point. Wait, is there a child's price? I need to know. No. There's, there's no children's or senior discount? I don't think so. Nothing hmm. that I saw on the website. And like I said, you do have to fill out like a risk form being like, hey... Mm. I accept you the, might the responsibility my, if I die. My happy ass gets possessed or something, then yeah, I won't sue you or whatever. Or scratched. Yeah. Or scratched, apparently. Well, he didn't scratch that dude. Or if I get in a motorcycle then, accident and die. Right. If I go all fucking 100%. Cavalier James Dean about some shit on my way home. Oh, motherfuckers. God, fuck this. Okay, anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, that that's the story of Annabelle. And I know we normally only do one story, but there is another Warren movie that we can talk about. And Jennifer's going to do that right now. Yeah, there is. Yeah. So, guys, The Conjuring 2, we've talked about it before. It is also known as the Enfield Poltergeist story. Uh Mm -hmm. So, it's one of the most extensively covered tales of paranormal activity ever and was the basis for the 2016 movie The Conjuring 2, obviously. Mm -hmm. Which is delightful. Yes. And I love it. And as is often with the case of Poltergeist, like we've said with the Hinsdale House, um, teenage girls are the center of the story, mostly, mostly, mm-hmm. or teenage people. Even least. in The Conjuring 1, like it's a huge family yeah. full of teenage girls. Exactly. So this case in particular began in the summer of 1977 in Enfield, England, just north of London. Okay. And so the single mother, Peggy Hodgson, Hodgson. Mm-hmm. The strong uh, English name. Yeah. Was she a single in the... Yeah, she was, because they talk yeah. about like how the dad took the record player. All mm-hmm. the single Peggy's. <laughs> Fucking dudes. But dudes. Um, she lived in a rented house with her four children. Margaret, who was 12 at the time. Janet, who was 11. Johnny, who was 10. And then Billy, who was 7. So that's a lot of kids, like, together in age. I mean, it's a lot. I have one kid and I don't even want more. Yeah. I love you, Eliza. It's crazy. Sorry. But Peggy, the mom, called the police after Janet and Johnny. So Janet is the second oldest she's 11 yes 11 okay. and then johnny who's 10 okay and there are buds i mean that's kind of young for poltergeist activity though honestly yeah yeah okay well who knows that this is real yeah anyway sorry <laughs> i'm just i'm using logic as what we know Cut but anyway <laughs> but they were playing in one of the back bedrooms and they were claiming that the furniture was moving and then they could hear like knocking sounds on the walls mm-hmm so that's interesting. That's creepy. But so afterwards, the mom actually came in and she reported seeing a chest of drawers moving around the floor. So a couple feet from the where it was located before, it was just moved over. Ooh. And their beds um, began, began shaking and the girls heard uh, strange knocks like we had talked about before. But anyway, the mom actually tried to push the chest of drawers actually back towards the wall, and she just kept trying and trying and just couldn't. Like, there was some sort of force not, you know, preventing her from putting it back. I wasn't Mm -hmm. sure if they were driving it, there was some force preventing her from moving it, or if it literally, like, this couldn't be moved by two... 11, like an 11 and a 10 year old. No, together. it was the mom who tried to put it back. Well, yeah, but I mean, is it, the are they saying that it can't be out. moved by an adult? And so obviously these two kids couldn't do it, or was it uh, whatever? I, I would that, think that two little I see kids, what I mean, you're saying, two Shelby. kids would be able to move it. Anyway, I don't know. I didn't see the chest of drawers. 
Like I didn't either. <laughs> so I can't really say. I, I appreciate your honesty. But yeah. So anyways, Peggy called the police and um, one of the officers dispatched to the house, who's Carolyn Heaps, later signed an affidavit saying she saw a chair rise into the air on its own and come down several feet away. The police eventually left, saying that the incidents were not a police matter since no crime occurred. But she did say shit was, I mean, weird. Mm -hmm. Things were happening in this house. Someone came in here and moved my chair. But she didn't see any, like, forced entry, (laughs) anything like that. So you couldn't really do anything for the uh, the police couldn't do it. The police were like, what the fuck do you want me to do? Yeah, like, I, I don't see anything wrong. But that was the, only the beginning of the story. So the activity worsened with later claims of demonic voices, loud noises, thrown rocks and toys, overturned chairs, and even some of the children levitating around the house. I loved that part of the movie. Also, it reminds me of Beetlejuice, where they're like floating around dancing. Right. I feel like you lead off with that, though. It's like, hey, this chair moved. Also, the kid just fucking shot across the room. <laughs> later though like it didn't happen at first i'm sure you went chronologically but it was like that was the part i was waiting on the whole time yeah i know but the case attracted the attention of of the society for psychical research yes that's how you say it psychical psychical Mm -hmm. um which sent two paranormal investigators to the um house and it's maurice gross and guy playfair Mm-hmm. Uh, Gross stated that at first nothing seemed to happen at the house, um, but then he saw Lego pieces flying across the room, and then um, when you picked them up, they were actually warm to the touch. Oh, weird. Which seems weird. Mm. I mean, I have Lego pieces fly across my house, but it's because Eliza's an asshole. Right. Yeah. Right. She wasn't sitting there, like, warming up in her, like, in her little paw for a little while before she threw them at you. Her little Not paw. usually. Not usually. That's my assumption. I don't really know. Yeah. You don't know her life. <laughs> I, I don't know how Legos work in your house. I know how they work here. Right. Well, they're more like Duplos, so they wouldn't really fit in her meaty little paw anymore. Anyway. That's fair, too. What are Duplos? Are the big, big Legos? The big ass Legos. Legos. Yeah. yeah. So Gross also um, recalled during the early stages of the investigation that he was standing by a table in the kitchen and a t shirt just leapt off the table and was flown into the other side of the room. I don't know why t shirts are in their kitchen. That's another thing. It's fucking laundry well, day. Yeah, it's laundry. Yeah. You're folding clothes on the, the kitchen table. Maybe. And also, I feel like in Europe, a lot of times, the washer and dryer are in the kitchen. Oh, that, that could be That's it. That's also valid. Yeah. That could be it. They didn't say in this, but, you well, know. Read it from an English <laughs> perspective, they, they didn't say it was laundry day at the time. So. <laughs> right. Exactly. 2.30 p.m., laundry day. <laughs> I just sprayed beer out of my nose, Joey. That's gross. Okay, anyway. Gross and... Playfair also reported hearing curious whistling and barking noises and even an old man's voice coming from Janet, the 11-year-old That's creepy as fuck. Coming from the kid? From her. Like, out of her. Out of her. Out of her mouth. Barking, (laughs) whistling, and an old man's voice. That's so weird. Weird. I don't care for any part of that. Anyway, the voice said, just before I died, I went blind and then I had a hemorrhage and fell asleep. And I died in the chair in the corner downstairs. Investigators decided that the voice belonged to a man named Bill Wilkins, who had died in the house several several years later. Or, sorry, earlier. <laughs> oh, that doesn't some, make any the sense. The preemptive haunting. In the future. Several yeah. years earlier. The voice was gruff and often obscene. So what I've read bef- when I was doing my research was that they actually, 
did multiple recordings. It wasn't just this old man's voice. It was actually other ones, but they just weren't able to identify them. Mm -hmm. But they put them, I guess, on the radio to be like, hey, does anybody know about this guy? Because they kind of described him. I mean, how he died. Have you you lost your grandpa? (laughs) Lost as in died, right? Right. Either way. Either way. Also, the fact that the chair in the corner, like, when you die, you shit yourself. Sometimes. I don't think you do it all the time, They probably didn't buy this house furnished. That's fine. No, they did. No, they did. Oh, fuck me. Okay, never mind. Because the chair was still there. There's, yeah, there are decomposing juices in that chair. She was a single mom. She didn't have enough money. Put a slipcover on it and call it a day. Yeah, maybe it was a slipcover situation. Jesus. But anyway, I guess someone heard the recording, and it was... Either the son or the grandson of the guy who died mm-hmm. and was able to identify I this thought it guy. was the son. I think I feel like, at least from the movie, that remember. it was the son. Also, I, I feel like in the movie, Ed and Lorraine had a larger part Uh, yeah. I have a whole situation about this, okay? Anyway. Gross um, made hours of recordings inside the house, including recordings of Janet with the voice of the old man. So I'm going to play a recording that I found on YouTube of an interview with Gross and Janet. And he's kind of, he's asking her questions of, you know, please speak to me, say this, you know, say this, my name or whatever. It's kind of hard to hear it just because they're fucking british and they have a very like distinct accent and it's 1977 the recording isn't the best it could be but it's about five minutes long you can fast forward if you don't like it but I mean, news it's kind of creepy news of the world by queen was also british people in 1977 so fucking impress me yeah <laughs> toby i love you so much so here it is guys let me hear you say my name. Come on. Let me hear you say my name. Say my name, Shelby. Daddy. <laughs> Here's the barking noises. Come on, my name's Morris. Let me hear you say it. Maury? Morris. Morris. Say Dr. Belloc. He would also accept me. Come on. Let me hear you say that. <laughs> Dr. Belloc? Come on. Like from Let's Indiana Jones. Let me hear you Jones. say Dr. Belloc. Say, say Dr. Belloc. I hear mattress springs going to town <laughs> yeah. right now. Am I missing something here? I don't think so. I think they're in the living room. So maybe she's like hopping in the chair. Maybe. maybe. Like. Now if you squeak the bed, I can't hear you talking. Now, say Dr. Bellon. Come on. Come on, say it for me, Dr. Bellon. Okie dokie, Dr. Jones. Dr. Oh. Nice job. Right, that's good. Come on Really like Mexican. Is this around breakfast? I don't know. Something about church.
The sex is twerking, Mr. Baby. Yeah. Whether you remember what happened to you when you died. Just before you died and just after you died. Ratio dance dance. You took your thirty P <laughs> thirty pence. What a dog handle. Thanks so much. Why can't Janet fool you? I'm invisible. You're invisible? Why are you invisible? Feels like an answer seventy eight dollars. Sixty eight dollars. Why are you calling? Sorry, I didn't hear that, Bill. Why praying to God? Why praying to God? So what you're saying is we could get rid of you by praying to God. Yes. Sounds like Janet. <laughs> Definitely sounds like somebody named Janet. Who's She's gonna call and say c- she wants to talk to the manager. <laughs> She's been s- smoking cigarettes since she came out of the fucking womb. Apparently, I just oh my gosh, that was creepy. I mean, yeah, it was creepy. I at eleven years old could not make my voice do that. But anyway, a lot of people think that she was just faking it, and that's why they do these tests on her too, which I'll talk about later. But. 
some people were saying that it was just her making a voice up, but the um, Gross and Playfair that was, you know, investigating this whole thing, mm-hmm. they claim that they they did recordings of them for hours, and her voice never got really, whenever she wasn't doing this old man's voice, wasn't yeah. hoarse or anything, and you would think with doing such a low voice like that, that it would be very hoarse after a while, yeah. but it never was. So it just seems a little weird. I don't know. Mm. The whole thing is weird. Well, and with them playing it on the radio, like, did they play her voice on the radio or did they just talk about it on the radio? That, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it was that. That seems a little bit creepy for a radio. So maybe it was just, hey, this is what we figured out about this, you know, this person. Do you know mm-hmm. anything about him? And, I mean, they talked about the hemorrhage and being blind and, you yeah. know, dying in the corner or whatever on the chair. But that could be probably what they posted. Mm-hmm. That's true. So. Anyway, so the incidents at Enfield, um, the house at Enfield, um, were among the most closely recorded in any poltergeist-type case. Gross, Playfair, and then also the mom uh, and other witnesses kept recordings of varying levels of detail. But tape recordings, mainly by Playfair and Gross, eventually totaled over 180 hours. Holy shit. That's a lot. That's, That's a lot a of hours. Time. That is a lot of poltergeist shit. Yes. So I have a list of all the shit that has been recorded. Not all of it, but a lot of things that have happened in the house. 180 hours later. <laughs> <laughs> I God, I hope not. No. So here's a few that were weird to me. So marbles and pieces of Lego were seen traveling through the air at great speed. And it's does it wasn't coming from any one source, just like it looked like it was just coming from the walls or the windows. Mm-hmm. Weird. To the windows, to the wall? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> of course. <laughs> a teapot shook vigorously on, on a cabinet in the absence of any external vibration. Metal spoons bent in the lid of a metal teapot was deformed. The shade of a bedside lamp um, tilted and then straightened. Like I don't know if they just saw it bend and straighten. Right, or, it, it like dipped and then went back to. Or if it was up. over time, like hey, it's bent now, and then an hour later, oh, it's a back to normal. I don't know. Well, hmm. if that was the case, that's not impressive to me. But well, I, I unless agree. like in the recording, it just goes. Ooh. Yeah. Right. Maybe. Yeah. A bathroom door opened and closed when nobody was nearby. Cardboard boxes and cushions were thrown by an unknown force. A slipper was thrown across a room by an unknown source. A framed certificate was pulled off the wall, and at the time, Gross was alone in the room. A bed or a bedroom carpet was pulled up at the end or the edge to form an identical shape each time an effect which Gross was unable to replicate. So it was pulling up in the exact same way every time. Yes. I see. Also, a chair levitated and overturned in front of several witnesses. Kitchen doors slid open on their own accord. Door shims swung from side to side many times. Footsteps were heard when nobody else was present. And then 12-year-old Margaret was held fast by an unknown source. Oh, I also have more. Sorry. I thought that was the end. <laughs> also it made this. it seem like that was I it. This. The end, except for no, motherfucker, it ain't. <laughs> it's 180 all- hours we a, later. We got 173 <laughs> more hours of this shit. Let's do it. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. 
Okay, so Knox bangs and crashes her, not caused by plumbing, vibration, or other external sources. Coins disappeared from one room and reappeared in another. Small fires started and extinguished themselves without causing damage. Water appeared in circumstances not understood. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> So weird way to say like that. I know. They're it's on the British. I don't know. I don't even know that, what that means. That didn't come out of a faucet. That ain't right. <laughs> well, Circumstances not understood. I don't know what that even fucking means. Uh, okay. Normally reliable electrical equipment, such as tape recorders, cameras, etc., failed to work. Apparitions were seen, partial and total. The iron frame of a built-in fireplace was pulled from the wall. Oh, wow. Yeah. That takes some heft. This one's good. Excrement appeared in inappropriate places. (laughs) Here's the thing. Like, not the bathroom. There were young boys in that house. The shit is going to literally hit the fan at least once. (laughs) I can only apologize so many times. (laughs) liked it was inappropriate places okay so this ghost has two abilities and that's fucking with electronics and shitting in the corner are you serious yeah fantastic (laughs) but also the last one is written messages and obviously you know voices coming from janet etc was there parchment involved it doesn't say not impressed it doesn't (laughs) say annabelle's better sure at least classier one of them fancy demons yep (laughs) But also We're from the inner circle of hell. <laughs> Fuck you guys. Oh my god. But also, <laughs> Janet recalls being levitated from her bed and thrown across the room. There's there's also a crazy picture that we'll post um, on Facebook where she's levitating mid air and they caught it on camera. Apparently they had video just constantly going in Janet and I think she had a bedroom with John, who is the ten year old. Mm-hmm. Johnny. The ones that were buds? Yeah, the ones that yeah. were buds. They shared a room, so it was constantly going in their room because she was having the most activity. Mm-hmm. So that was one still picture of her just in the air levitating. Which some people think is her just jumping off right. the bed. Right, I've seen that picture, and it does look like somebody jumping off the bed. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, but... I mean, it could be. Who knows? She also recalls um, one of her worst experiences when the curtains wound around her neck. While she was screaming and thinking she was going to die, her mom had to use all of her strength to rip the curtains away from Janet's neck. I remember this during the movie. Yes. Also, the Warrens were there during the movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. And have you heard anything about the Warrens in my story? I haven't heard word of Warren 1 at this point. Exactly. So, as an adult, Janet has been interviewed a few times to give more details to the story because people are very interested. Definitely now that Conjuring 2 has came out. Mm Mm-hmm. But when she was asked about the male voice coming from her mouth, she says, I knew when the voices were happening, of course. It felt like some, uh, something was behind me all the time. They did all sorts of tests, filling my mouth with water and so on, but the voices still came out. Mm-hmm. So they were just trying to make it seem, just confirm that she wasn't just faking the whole thing. Mm-hmm. That it really just, you know, an actual being inside of her, essentially. Buh. Or really just using her mouth as, like, yeah, a megaphone. Mm-hmm. She also said that she had been unaware that she went into trances until she was shown photographs of herself while she was in one, mm-hmm. essentially. Weird. 
but it kind of makes sense, I guess. Yeah. Janet said that the incident seemed to quiet down during the fall of 1978. So not because the Warrens came. Yeah. Mind you. Have they that's... come at all then? I, yeah, yes. Oh. And I'll say just okay. next section. Sorry. I want my polyestered white knight to show up. He will? Okay. Riding a polyester pony. white horse. Yeah. A polyester buckskin pony. Mm. But anyway, in the fall of 1978, the family claims that a priest came to visit the house, and that helped somewhat, but the occurrences didn't stop entirely. The mom says that she's heard noises ever since. Not as m- many, mm-hmm. but they also have a, always have a feeling of like someone watching them at all times. Which, it could just be like, shit's happened in that house, Yeah, so you're just paranoid. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway. Or there's someone living in the walls. Maybe. And pooping in the corner. And pooping in the corner. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So if you've seen The Conjuring 2, you know that the Ed and Lorraine Warren are a big part of it. Mm-hmm. However, have you heard anything in the story about <laughs> the Warrens? No. No. So I remember God... that part when we brought up that the Warrens hadn't been here yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the so one I remember us talking about the Warrens. I think that uh-huh. happened twice. They did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just like... You had your whole thing about their, whatever, their museum. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to talk about this. Okay, Okay, perfect. (laughs) So Playfair, which is one of the investigators, obviously, that I've been talking about, said that Ed and Lorraine showed up uninvited, staying for only a day, and alleges that they manufactured their own paranormal evidence simply to make money out of it. Mm Mm-hmm. Seems about right. That sounds oddly accurate. That doesn't sound like my Eddie. But they are shysty motherfuckers. They are shysty motherfuckers, <laughs> yes. Like we've said. So, was Man, all... people are going to be pissed if they really like the Warrens. <laughs> like, this is super inflammatory. Yeah, it's a little inflammatory. It's fine. Lorraine is still alive, too. <laughs> she's fine. We yeah, we said nothing mean about her. Everyone thinks she's very gentle and kind and sweet. He probably only hit her when she talked back. Right. That was a little inflammatory. <laughs> Sorry, guys. It wasn't great, but we are going to give the email at the end of this. So feel free to reach out to us, Lorraine. We'd be happy to have you on the show. We would. Yes. Set the record straight, dear. So was this all a hoax? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> the only Possibly? Thing, I don't know. The only thing that this has going for it that makes it not a hoax to me is the fact that Ed and Lorraine were only there for a day. Yeah. Right, and obviously the creepy old man voice coming out of the 11-year-old girl. That's super eh, weird. A little, yeah, a little hard swallow. I'll give it that. But. And, and the fact that, like, she knew that the man had died there from a hemorrhage, gone blind, blah, blah, blah. It's a and lot I of detail. I don't think it's just, like, the shit stain in the chair that gave it away either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that we all know is there. It's under the slipcover yeah. and the throw pillow embroidered, bless this house. Is <laughs> bless this house, bless this mess. Oh God, you. <laughs> anyway, so the reason why I said that is because a lot of people obviously have their own thoughts about this. So mm-hmm. the children were actually caught bending the spoons. You know how I said in one of the examples right, of right. spoons just bending. They actually did that. Yeah, I know, and they admitted to it that they did that. So. Uh... I don't know. I don't know if they were just trying to get more attention 
And some of the stuff was happening, and other stuff wasn't happening. I don't and know. And their solution was bin spoons while there's ghost well, species popping up in the corners. So here's the thing. <laughs> no idea. Is that there have been multiple cases that, with or without the Warren, of, like, their weird, unexplained stuff happening, and then the family plays it up or escalates it. Yeah. And then it goes in the media, and they get attention, and they get out of, like, whatever financial situation that they are in. And I... <sighs> It's shitty, but at the same time, like, that's nothing different than reality television now. You know what I mean? Like, let's play up a really weird situation and make it as dramatic as possible. Right, but then they never had the opportunity to be in the spoons because there were always cameras on them. That's true. Yeah. Well, and in the movie, the devil made her do it. Like, the demon made the little girl do it or he was going to, like, kill her brother or something, right? I don't remember. Like, remember when she's, like, throwing stuff in the kitchen? Oh, Yeah. I feel like I she was that, yeah. forced to do that by the... She was, like, threatened by the evil spirit or mm-hmm. whatever. So. I mean, they played up a lot of it. There was yeah. no, right. like, no, weird nun lady. That yeah, never what the happened. fuck was that? And that, like, Ed's dangling out of a window trying to save the little girl. And there's this yeah. tree that's uprooted and the nun's gonna kill him. Yeah, that it's was so stressful. Like, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck was that? I, I just wanted to be in a situation where it's, like, bend the spoon or I kill your brother. And it's like, <laughs> oh... This spoon? This one? <laughs> I mean, to do so. Okay. Sure. That's fine. <laughs> it's not like fine china. It's not silver. I don't know right. what. It's fine. Exactly. We live in a house with a shit covered chair. Mom's going to get mad about one spoon going bent. That's true. So, skeptics uh, also found it strange why no one was allowed in the room when Janet was talking in her possessed voice, which was, I mean, obviously the Bill Wilkins voice. Among others, which Mm -hmm. they don't really talk about because none of the other ones were identified. Yeah. So, that's a little weird. It is weird. But there are multiple people in that recording, though. Yeah. So, like, just not, it's Playfair, the mom, and... I guess just, yeah, the investigators with... So, in the movie... Her sister and her mom Is Playfair basically Ed Warren? Like, did Ed Warren just take over all of Playfair's lines? Well, okay. <laughs> Much like Hermione took all over Ginny's wi- lines in Harry Potter movies. Right. Well, what they say is that when the movie came out, Playfair was still alive. Mm-hmm. So they actually had him in there as one of the people that was actually interviewing. Okay. Um, but Gross died before the movie came out. So he's not in there at all. Even though he was, like, the main guy. Oh. Okay. He's the main guy. Playfair is the other one that's still alive now. But I think he was probably a lot younger and was kind of learning the ropes, I'm assuming. I mean, obviously he was younger than he is now because this was the 70s. Like, younger than the, the guy the who look, is dead. The look that Jennifer is giving me right now is the best. Let me just get through this, okay? <laughs> Push through, Jennifer. So, Into the crevasse. Janet herself admitted that some of the haunting events were actually fabricated. Like this bending of the spoon. But mm-hmm. in 1980, she told ITV News, Oh yeah, once or twice we fake things. Just to see if Mr. Gross and Mr. Playfair would catch us. They always did. Hmm. So. But it still got published. Yeah. Yeah. The thing, so in the well, mid- uh, Let me do sorry. one more. And then <laughs> she was also interviewed another time, and she said that roughly 2% of the paranormal activity in their home had been faked. 2%. Is what she claims. Hmm. Okay, now you can go. So here's the thing. Is they spend this whole fucking movie running around terrified, right? Mm -hmm. If they were so fucking scared, you wouldn't be like, 
I'm gonna play a trick on Mr. P- Playfair and see if he catches me. Yeah. Like, they were probably just used to the spirit by this point. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this weird shit happens. Yes, people are paying attention to me and I'm gonna play it up. But like... Well, and whenever Janet has Jesus. been interviewed, it she doesn't feel like it was very demonic and mm-hmm. mean. She felt like the guy just wanted, I mean, was just there. Yeah. And wanted to be a part of the family, essentially. With a fucking creepy as shit voice, but... Well, I mean, it's only creepy as shit because it's coming out of an 11-year-old That's girl. True. That's fair. I mean, he you sounds like it. a lot of dudes I knew back home, yeah. so... Yeah. Only not from Jasper. Like, British. Yeah, yeah. no, it's... British dudes. Big... Big British population down there. Is there? Oh yeah, you. Oh fuck, so fancy. Yeah, no, I, I don't. I yeah, I, I think you're joking, but <laughs> I can't read in a your way. face. <laughs> yeah, four beers later, you can't. That's <laughs> how that works. So anyway, that's it. That's it. Yeah, Ed and Lorraine Warren not really in it. What the? <laughs> but because they went once. They wrote they like a claim, book about yeah, it. Didn't they, they claim that they were fucking there, and they have rights to that movie. Because they made up evidence, essentially. Went to them once, uninvited, because they heard all this shit. Were they just in the fucking neighborhood? Like, how do you (laughs) even... They flew to England. Yeah, how do you get to that uninvited? I don't understand that. I mean, they had been in the news for a really long time. Yeah. For, like, the whole Mm. year of 1977. Like, there was a lot of stuff about it, I guess. Well, and at that point, it's pro bono, because Lord knows, if they're uninvited, they're not paying for their ticket. Yeah. That's why they were only there for a day. They were in the area. They just stopped by. Just wanted to pop in, say say hello, get some evidence, make some stuff up. Yeah. It's fine. Cool. Questions? No. Anything? No. Lorraine's going to be pissed at us. Probably. Here's the thing. I hope she calls us and is like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? We'll be like, listen, come at me bro well, based, based on her website she doesn't know what a podcast app is so we're fine she's really old I'm she's sure. really old yeah but her daughter the one that runs around scared and big-eyed throughout the course of it um she and her husband have actually taken over a lot of the stuff on the the organization yeah. they're not the most internet savvy either based on the website but hmm. where you can go and tour you know i don't know if they have any artifacts from the infield case though Probably not, because they were there for a, a what day. What if they stole a bent spoon? Would you have your picture taken with a bent spoon? No. Or a shit-covered chair. Or oh, a chair. Yes. <laughs> Seriously, if she wants to call us, I'll fight an old woman. I don't care. Oh, I'll be nice to her. Oh, okay. We'll play good cut, bad cut. I like it. Perfect. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns about anything that you heard in this episode, definitely let us know. If you want to back up everything the Warrens have done, again, Email us, queencitycreeps at gmail.com, or talk to us on Facebook, interact on Instagram, whatever you want to do. Uh, We hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll hopefully hear from you soon. Thanks. Bye.